Chapter 61 The Heritage and Its Title Deeds This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17 It is of servants that God is speaking here. This is the name He gives them, servants, yet heirs, for it is in connection with the heritage that He calls them servants. The Apostle Paul joins together children and heirs. Romans 8, 17 Here the prophet joins servants and heirs. Israel gets this name, servants of the Lord. The church gets it, apostles get it, each saint gets it. The dwellers in the old Jerusalem had it, and the citizens of the new Jerusalem have it too. His bondservants will serve him. Revelation 22, 3. We are to serve as angels do, indeed, as Jesus did, for he was the Father's servant. We are to serve the Father, serve the Son, the Lord Christ, Colossians 3, 24 serve the church, and we are to serve the world, all in love. For it is to loving familial service that we are called. But it is especially of these two things that the passage speaks, one, the heritage, and two, our title to it. 1. The heritage. It is fully described in the previous part of the chapter. In reading it we may say, The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. Psalm 16, 6. It contains 1. Deliverance from sorrow and tempest, verse 11. The time of these has been long, but the day of deliverance longer. It is everlasting deliverance. 2. Glory and beauty, verses 11 and 12. All that the eye of man or the eye of God delights in and pronounces good in earth or heaven, will be ours. 3. Knowledge, verse 13. We will be taught of the Lord, all of us. No ignorance then, nor unbelief, only wisdom. Not the wisdom of this world, but of the world to come. 4. Peace, verse 13, King James Version. Great peace, peace like a river, peace that passes all understanding, God's own peace, within and without and with the certainty that no future anxiety will ever arise. Eternal peace. In the land of peace, under the reign of the Prince of Peace. 5. Stability. Verse 14. We are to be steadfast and immovable here. We will be still more so hereafter, for our heritage is the kingdom that cannot be moved. And 6. Security. Verse 14. No possibility of evil from any quarter nothing but good. Security from oppression, alarm, enemies, war, and accusations and evil reports. All these things, negative and positive, go to make up the inheritance of Israel in the latter days, still more the inheritance of the saints in light, the kingdom that cannot be moved, the inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. It is the very heaven of heavens, Glorious and marvelous and perfect beyond conception. Ah, surely this is what eye has not seen nor ear heard. Because of it, God is not ashamed to be called our God. Hebrews 11, 16. And two, our title to it. Their vindication is from me, declares the Lord, 
verse 17. This righteousness avails not merely for personal acceptance, but also for giving us the inheritance. This is the tenure by which we hold it and will hold it forever. Thus it is secured to us, secured by God Himself, not simply made ours once, but secured to us forever. Our title then, or tenure, is one divine. It is from me, declares the Lord. He gives the heritage, and He also gives the title by which it is secured to us. Indeed, He gives us a divine title, such as our Father had not given to paradise, a title not of self, of man, nor of earth, but of God. A title so truly divine that we may say that God Himself is my title to the heritage that God has given me. For the righteousness by which it is secured to me is the righteousness of God. My title deeds are truly divine. The purchase money is divine. The conveyance is divine. The security is divine. One with Him who bought the heritage for us, we have the same title to it that He has, for we get it through means of His righteousness. As the righteous one, He was the purchaser of the kingdom that He gives to us. His righteousness bought it. 2. Righteous. This is implied in the expression, Their righteousness is of me, verse 17, King James Version, indicating that it is by righteousness that the heritage is secured to us. This heritage is more than the mere gift of love, it is also the gift of righteousness. We get it in a righteous way, we hold it in virtue of a righteous price paid for it. Our security for it is more than the grace of God, it is the righteousness of God. Our pardon is a righteous pardon. So is our title a righteous title, divinely righteous, a title that the law recognizes, and that the law will make good to us against all opposers or counterclaimants, if there are such. If God is for us, who is against us? In our title deeds there is no flaw nor ambiguity, for they are drawn up by a righteous God, subscribed by a righteous God, and presented to us by a righteous God. Everything connected with our entrance into and possession of the heritage is in righteousness. 3. Free. Our heritage is a purchased possession, purchased for us by another, fully paid for by a divine equivalent, so fully paid for that there is nothing for us to pay. Everything is free. Canaan was God's free gift to Israel. So the inheritance is God's free gift to us. We could not pay were it needed, and we do not need to. All payment is refused. It is so precious that no one except God could pay a price for it, and He has paid the price. As life is free and salvation is free, so is the heritage absolutely and unconditionally free. Free in the sense of unbought, free in the sense of undeserved free in the sense of its being the gift of God. And for eternal. Our title, being thus divine and righteous, must be indefeasible. It must stand forever. An eternal title to an eternal inheritance. This is what we rejoice in. Thus the inheritance itself and everything connected with it are described in language that indicates perpetuity, absolutely unending and unlimited. No second fall, 
no second loss of paradise, no future tempter nor temptation. We enter to go out no more. For the church is the blessed of the Lord, to whom it will be said, Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Matthew 25, 34. Being one with the Son of God, partakers of Christ, Hebrews 3.14, and joint heirs with Christ, Romans 8.17, King James Version, our tenure of the inheritance must be as sure and as everlasting as His own. It is this heritage that God in His gospel is presenting to us. He points to it as He pointed Israel to Canaan and says, Yonder is the glory, trust me for it, and you will enter in. Israel could not enter in because of unbelief, and so it is only this that shuts the sinner out of the kingdom. We preach the kingdom, and we announce that he who receives God's testimony concerning his only begotten Son will obtain it freely. But the word preached does not profit if it is not mixed with faith in them who hear it. God's testimony is true. It is a testimony intended especially for sinners. Should we disregard it? Should we treat it as worthless? Should we make him a liar? Should we shut the open gate against ourselves? Should we refuse to enter in? We who have believed do enter into rest. How free, how simple, how ready the entrance! It is God Himself who stands at the open door and bids us to come, beckons us in. Should such a heritage be lost to us? Should such a glory be despised?